Well, Hawks fans, the long wait is almost over. This week, Hawthorne's 2022 campaign kicks off at the MCG with fans in attendance, so we couldn't be more excited. Hello and welcome to the Hawk Talk podcast. My name is Nick Mason, and joining me is a man who is racing to be ready for round one, and he's just made it. G'day, Tiz. Yeah, I'm wrapped. Going to be there on Sunday. Uh, we might even win, Nick. Could be a, a really great day for you or um, a, a good day that ends badly. I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's hard to put our fingers on what exactly to expect from Hawthorne. It's not as though the preseason was especially encouraging. Did you catch much of it? Well, it's not as if it was anything like that last team selection. It's nothing like what I expect this Sunday, so... Uh, it's very hard to judge. I thought to begin with, we'd just go through some of our positives and negatives, what we could actually glean from the preseason, because obviously we played the Pies in what was quite an unusual sort of skirmish, six terms rather than the standard four quarters, and then we had our game against Richmond, which you'd say was perhaps in a more official capacity, that was a proper preseason game. What did you like from our preseason? Uh, well, I thought after quarter time... Hawthorne were fairly good, but I think our starts have been dreadful. I suppose that's what the pair had in common, didn't they? Didn't they? Like both times got blown away in the first term. But our young fellas have been standing up. There's a few young fellas going to be blooded on Sunday. It'll be a fantastic uh, team to watch. I think in the first ten rounds. After that, um, we might get a little bit tired. But the first ten rounds, learning the new game style, seeing how Sammy can get it to work under fire, so to speak. Um, it's going to be very interesting. But you've got to say, uh, Newcomb was terrific against Richmond. Newcomb tried his heart out. It didn't always come off, but the endeavour is there. And it was reminiscent of the kind of stuff that you saw from the very evening he debuted, Tiz. That uh, desperate work rate, that, that desperate hunger for the footy was in full effect. And for a pre-season game, uh, that's enormously encouraging. Yeah, and he, you know, he had he had mates as well. I thought uh, Warple was good in the centre. Um, this is without Mitchell and Amira, of course. But that's what's going to be the trouble for Hawthorne. It's the it's the mix of the midfielders. So, you know, you can talk about how good Ward was, um, and even Long and McDonald had shining moments. But uh, you know, you probably have to go down to Box Hill to have a look at them. Or are you telling me Ward's debuting? Because I kind of think he has to. <laughs> yeah, well, my prediction is along the lines of most Hawthorne supporters. I'm going to tell you right now that Josh Ward will be debuting this week. I would be very, very surprised. 24 hours after this episode drops is when the team selection will be. So, look, I, I have a feeling that he's going to make the cut. And why shouldn't he? He's earned it. Everything we've read about him sort of just was exposed in that Richmond game. He's natural, he's in the right spots, uncannily in the right spots. Good vision, quick skills. Um, you know, I think teams will try to exert a lot of physical pressure on him, but he's he's quite well developed for a young man. He certainly is. I think all the track watchers, our sources in the off-season have been on point. They've highlighted him for a reason. 
And that game against Collingwood, uh, Ward himself has admitted being slightly overawed and he didn't really adjust too well to the pace. He was admittedly very nervous about his, his I guess, his first, any any sort of hit out with Hawthorne rather than against Hawthorne itself. <laughs> um, so Richmond, you could see that he acclimatized. He prepared differently. His mindset was different. He said as much after the fact, and it looks like he's in a really good space to make a strong debut. Well, he's got a transition from out-and-out fan to player, and uh, <laughs> I, I imagine it would be hard. You'd be caught spectating a little bit, right? Well, he got involved, I guess, against Collingwood. <laughs> Just Things were a bit scrappy, sometimes out of position. It, you know, He probably didn't have the impact he was after, but that, that certainly wasn't the case against Richmond. It was almost as if he very much fine-tuned his game and uh, and brought his best in the early stages of his career. And I can't wait to see him and what he can do against North Melbourne. Now, if you're lucky enough to find anything positive written about Hawthorne's season this year and whether <laughs> we're going to get out of the bottom four, a lot of it centres on Sicily and Gunston and some cohesion and some wise heads coming back into the side. Yeah, that, that's right. I would say that, you know, there's obvious signs of rust with Sicily. Like, he, he's a bit, you know... He's got to blow off the cobwebs still, but the hallmarks of a star defender are still on show. Like, there's something that's still there, Tiz, which which makes him a star player of this Hawthorne outfit, a star of the competition even. He could get back to his best. We just need to afford him a bit of time and patience. I, for one, believe he'll get there, and I think the same could be said with Gunston. I think we, at no point this preseason, have we seen anything of what Gunston used to be, but that'll take time. Yeah, Gunston is, looks particularly rusty, um, even up forward where he's got smarts and things like that. But you can see that uh, the brain is just as quick, but the body perhaps is not on on the same scale at the moment. Um, I thought Sicily looked quite good. Uh, he's certainly... Um, uh, he hasn't lost his, his timing in intercepts, but some of the timing in his... Um, individual one-on-ones wasn't there so um the other the other thing i'd like to talk about is uh, where mcavoy was positioned in the second half against richmond okay where 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 exactly would you like to talk about would you like to talk about the forward line the ruck or the back line Uh, the back line (laughs) and uh, i'd like to put my hand up and suggest that 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 is never something i wish to see again um but i understand why they do it in a practice match Uh, but you know i've had enough that's uh that's it for me. Um, I'm happy for him to stay forward. I know we've got the Twin Towers that have to have time together, Lewis and, and Cozzy, but uh, I think for the good of the team, McAvoy drifts forward, you know, maybe pinch hitting in the last 10 minutes to protect the, you know, the, the score line in the, in the last quarter. But uh, apart from that, I'm not interested in seeing it. Well, we had a question from one of our listeners, Justin, here uh, at Hawk Talk Pod. Cozzy didn't play until the second half against Richmond, so please tell me Big Boy ain't going to play deep forward. It needs to be the Lewis and Cozzy show, with Gunston as the third tall, with Bruce and maybe Brockman too. If Big Boy isn't the number one ruck or even a 50-50 split, why is he on the list? Not even why is he why is he captain, Tiz. Why is he even on the list if he's not going to do that? Look, he's on the list because he's a big, experienced, strong body and he played every game last year. That's the fact. He's also captain because he, he tells these boys what an is and is not acceptable. And there is a, a huge disparity between the, the old blokes in the team who've won everything and the young bucks who want to win everything. Um, 
and they haven't got the experience yet. But he, he's just very direct with them and tells them what they need to be doing. Um, I think his body up forward is needed to sort of protect Lewis and, well, certainly Lewis, who's a bit smaller than Cozzy. Uh, but give them, give take the biggest defender away from the ball. You know, give them a, a better one-on-one chance. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I think you can use McAvoy forward, but you need to use him very specifically. And that is to not get in the way of what Lewis and Cozzy are trying to do, but rather support them. Be an option that the opposition has to be mindful of. Take the tallest and biggest guy away and, and give Lewis and Cozzy some room. Um, if you even, we seem determined to have a pack situation in every forward 50. <laughs> I don't know why we're still doing that. But if you have to, have a tandem of McAvoy and either Lewis or Cozzy, and whoever's not part of that duo, have them free and leading at the ball. Make space for that guy to present a different option. The thing I don't want to see this year is all three of those guys clustered in the one pack. You don't need to do that. You know what I want to see? Do you remember when... Dunstall would crumb and just stick a, stick a boomerang on, curl it round. Or uh, Buddy would do that, or Ruffy would did it a lot. Um, he was very nimble below his knees. We, I think I saw it in, in the first practice hit out or something like that. Uh, it was Cozzy who, uh, I think it was a marking contest, he picked it up, put it around his body, missed. But I thought, you know, I haven't seen that from him before. And that was that was a bit of... Forward play smarts that because uh, we've got to remember hasn't been up forward long. Nick, he's uh, <laughs> been drilled as a backman. So he's a young lad as well. I think we underestimate that. He's he's just had his debut season and he's a very young man. And you got to protect his body and let it grow at the same time. But um, you know he could he could do anything. That kid, he's got a lot of talent. Um, what it does mean though is if you've got Jack Gunston, Mitch Lewis. Cozzy and Ben McAvoy in the side. You've already got four. Well, I mean, Jack is, is kind of tall, but if he's not moving as much as he used to, then you're down a runner. So you can't... Can you play McAvoy all day in the ruck or do you need another expert ruckman in the side as well? And then you start having to forego midfield changes for the ruck. And it can make it a little bit difficult. So I'm very keen to see how Mitchell handles that. Um, a lot of a lot of coaches would just say, "All right, when McAvoy is not there, we're just going to play a dead ruck and then just try to shark." So we'll see what they do there. But um, what, what was the t-shirt you made? What did you call them? The super weights or heavyweights or something? <laughs> the bruiser weights. Bruiser weights. <laughs> it's very important for us that they build something together. Otherwise, you know, Jacker. Or even Callow might put up their hand and, and come take the spot. I'll tell you what, Callow's a sneaky chance. His contested marking prowess is insane. And he is a big-bodied guy. He is super strong. And I don't know if either Lewis or Cozzy lower their colours long enough, uh, they could be uh, leapfrogged for that position. But I think at this stage, Lewis is the guy that I, I probably back the most, which is no surprise coming from yours truly. But well, you've put him on blast in the in the season preview, Nick. He's like, this is it. This is the chance. It is, and we'll plug the season preview later, probably. But uh, this this it's the last year of his contract, I believe. So we divide them up, people. We divide them up between odds and evens, and we flip them each year. So last year I wrote Mitch Lewis, and and Nick writes it this year, and I was very keen to see what he had to say about 
Mitch. Yeah, and you weren't too impressed by the sounds of it. No, no. I just I didn't think that you'd put him on blast as much as you did because he has been quite consistent into the end of the year. But you're right. Every every time there's a key moment, it seems like Mitch fumbles or, or, <laughs> no, or misses the no. goal. No, hang on there a needs sec. To... <laughs> I didn't say that. I never said that. You're putting words in my mouth. He is very consistent. It's true. He kicked a goal in every one of his senior appearances last year. It's coming to, I think, the final year of his contract with Hawthorne, and the club needs to know that they're secure with him as uh, a key pillar of their future. He's got to be a key forward option. And I guess the task for him is to prove himself as that, and the way to do it is, well, consistency's fine. A goal, a match, you bank that, you take that, obviously. It's time for Mitch Lewis to become a match winner. That's the next level he's got to take. He's got to win some games from Hawthorne off his own boot. I think so far what he's shown in preseason and indeed what the track watchers have reported, he's looking the good so far. He's building towards something. He's, his inaccuracy has let him down, but I've got faith that he's going to be a key part of 2022. He's got to make goals out of situations where it looks desperate for him. Yeah. Um, and he... You just got to make those 50 50s and even those 40 60s work for the team. Uh, he's, a, he's a frustratingly good player. <laughs> yes, I think you've hit the nail on the head with that one. Uh, another guy I want to highlight who I'm not sure will debut this week, but he's got to be in calculations soon enough. Uh, Connor McDonald, I was pretty impressed with. Yeah, uh, again, natural skill, but what he did was he would hit very attacking options in the forward line. Even with handballs and things like that, they were incredibly, well, I guess it was a wise head on young shoulders, wasn't it? What the options he was taking. They weren't necessarily calling for the ball or, or obvious, but he saw that they were in space and that they were the best choice. Now, he might have been lucky on the day. Who knows? But it looked it looked really good, didn't it? I suppose we'll find out. He, uh, he was very much involved and he was creative when he had the ball. So I, I quite liked the look of him and... The same as Josh Ward, like we said before. Our sources are kind of vindicated in what they've seen. Um, And I can see that, yeah, they were justified when it came to McDonald. They're like, here's a guy that we need to watch. He's going to break out. And signs seem to point to that being the case. There's a raw energy and enthusiasm about him, isn't he? And and also I noticed when Nash went in the middle on the weekend, we got something again. Yeah, that was pleasing as well. That was really good to see that that wasn't some sort of back into the season flash in the pan with Nash. I I think what we have there is a good go-to now. We have a go-to alternative uh, in terms of our midfield line, and God knows we need that. Um, that, uh, You could argue that that's our biggest problem on the ground, Uh, and I think we're starting to address it, and it certainly helps that we have Nash as an option to do so. And why did they hold Cozzy back for only a half? I don't understand that. Yeah, I, I didn't quite understand that myself. Um, I've read or heard nothing to suggest that there was a reason, a concrete reason behind it. Um, it just played out how it did. Now, that was the positive part, wasn't it, Nick? We've got to get to the negatives about the preseason. <laughs> well, it was a bit of a mixed bag, wasn't it? We had a few positives, a few negatives in there as well, but... I do want to talk about some stuff that I found frustrating, and they're sort of hangover issues from 2021. I mean, that's being generous. They've been issues for a number of years. I think the poor supply to our forward line instantly puts us on the back foot. It, it just leads to poor possession retention because we can't get a clean go at it, and the moment the ball hits the turf, we just can't. We can't do anything. We can't retain it. I don't know if that's a matter of work rate or we're just. 
out strategized or what but we we lose the ball almost instantly when our forward 50s are botched and then we get hurt on the rebound far too easily that last month of footy that where we played really well the reason for that was our ball movement was exceptional especially into the forward line it wasn't repetitive it, it wasn't predictable it was nuanced and targeted and that wasn't there in the preseason and if that's not there on Sunday, we're going to find it very tough. I would imagine it is. Now, when you talk about the rebound, you've got to ask questions about about who's putting pressure on the forward line. And I noticed that Brockman was trying to put pressure on, but you can't put a lot of pressure on if you're not getting the ball yourself. Your defender's going to go, oh, well, uh, Brocky's totally out of touch. I'll just leave him and, and peel off and make myself an option to be used on the, on the rebound. Very concerning to me because I know that Brockman will be targeted by, and this is further down the track, but he'll be targeted by the West Australian clubs to try and bring him home. Um, And I think he's a tremendous talent, but we need to find his aggressive defensive forward game. Yeah, well, we certainly need that in spades right now. Is that pressure forward that's going to help us retain that ball inside forward 50. It's just not helped by the kick that comes in. When you just dump it in, it's a very low percentage play and it favours the defenders more than anything because they know that they're that much more likely to win it back. And as you say, they can peel off. They can strategize for that sort of kick. Um, and it just leaves our forwards to, I don't know, look like they're ambling. They they scrap at nothing and then lose the footy. So I don't know. It's it's definitely still a puzzle, as far as the preseason could suggest, um, which was frustrating. So what, would, what are you looking at when you're there Sunday? 110 rolls around... You're just going to be ball watching, or <laughs> which I probably will fall into for the first quarter. I'll just watch the ball ping around and just enjoy it. But I've got to remind myself to look up the field to see what they're trying to do in attacking 50. Because that, to me, I feel like the back 50, we've got the personnel there. We've got the strategy there. We're in control. If we have a good game, or if we decide that we're going to have a good game at the back there. There's not a lot that your opposition could do about it. But they, in the past, they've been taking our forward and, and attacking line apart and just waiting for the ball to come back to them. Well, the, the defensive line is the, the bankable asset that Hawthorne has. It's just the problem is you can just hammer them over and over and over again and you're going to get a result. If you're the opposition team, you know that eventually it's going to work out for you. That defense, that while good and there's a lot of talent down there, stacked for talent, especially when we get all our players back. Right now we have a few on the sidelines. But you can just hammer that over and over and you'll get a result. Let's just go to GF there. He's probably going to play. It certainly seems that way, yeah. He had a hit out with Box Hill and... uh, Run around, did some nice things. Uh, so, look, he's mentioned as a test on Hawthorne's website, but I have him in my round one. I think we need him as well. I think we need his run. We need creativity and dash off half back. And annoyingly, we've got quite a bit of that on the sidelines right now. Well, it's going to be a big crowd. And I hope that we get to see GF just running the wings. And, and I really want to see that back line back themselves to win that ball and then make space and make it easy for themselves to, for, and the midfielders to distribute into that forward line. I don't see a reason they can't. Well, this is the thing that I'll be watching. The, the fact that you know our two preseason games, they're not going to be quite representative of what we could do. 
on the size of the field alone. I think we were very hemmed in at times and we had maybe no choice at times to just dunk the footy into nothing um, or to contests rather. What I want to see at the MCG this weekend is utilizing the space. Um, you know, this run and carry style game that we that we seem to be angling for, I think it's much more achievable on a deck such as the MCG. And I think the forward line that I'd like to see with uh, that's much more spacious that's more achievable on the MCG as well. I don't want to see, like I said, big clusters of tall players when it's just not necessary. I, I just hope we beat them at ground level. You do that against North, it's going to be a magnificent day. You get to the ball first against North, it's all over. Yeah, look, you might be right about that. It, there's still evidently some issues with execution in our team. Um I don't know if you just put it down to the fact that it's pre-season and everyone was a bit rusty or whatever. Uh, it it needed some polish desperately. It was consistently scrappy throughout both games. Um, but look, if you bring the endeavour, if you bring the work rate, you might be able to get away with scrappy. We are playing North. You know, they are, they are raining wooden spooners after all. So, I mean, you know, it could get the job done. And that bloke they recruited, he's got the Jack Watts haircut going. That's a bit flash. Well, part of me hopes that it's just it's overwhelming for him and he just doesn't turn up on the day because he does seem like a really rare talent. So it's going to cause headaches for some teams in future. I just hope that we're not first up. So who who are you most excited about to see on Sunday off this preseason so far? Bramble was up there for me. He's out now. He's not going to play for a few weeks. Yeah, it would have been Bramble. Um, I'm still excited to see the return of GF, um, even though we haven't seen him in preseason at all, really. Uh, Newcomb, definitely. Uh, Josh Ward, of course. Uh, I want to see Wingard go full Super Saiyan with his, his blonde hair. I want to see him do something really special at the G. Oh, Dylan Moore as well. I mean, the last time I was at the G watching Dylan Moore, I think was the Giants game. And he had, he had a day out. I think he kicked four against the Giants. So if he turns on that kind of form... He was anonymous against Richmond, mate. There's nothing to like about the preseason. There. Nah, he's saving it up, mate. Don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah, I, I would say Scrimshaw was hugely impressive. I think... Probably Newcomb after that for me, and I enjoyed seeing Max Lynch around the ball. I uh, I thought he added to the midfield. Not sure about his ruck work or his communications with the with the blokes underneath him, but uh, I think he's an asset. Well, let's get to our predicted twenty two for round one. Um, I think we've got a lot that's similar about our twenty two, but um, it does differ slightly as well in some ways. So. Do you want to go with yours first, or shall I name mine? Okay, so off the back line, Scrimshaw, Hardigan, Hardwick, halfbacks, uh, Giath, Frost, Sisley, centre, I've got Howe on the wing, Amira and Phillips on the other, half-forwards are Gunston, centre-half-forward Lewis and Moore, full-forward wingguard, Cozzy, Roost, which is a very nice full-forward line, <laughs> and uh, the followers... McAvoy in the ruck, Tom Mitchell and Warple with the interchange from Denver, Granger, Barras, Shields, Ward and Nash, which makes up quite a large midfield contingent. And then I've obviously got the medical sub from the emergencies, which includes Brockman, Reeves, Jecker 
and Newcomb, and I'd have to say Newcomb was the li- was the most unlucky out of those. Fair enough. I've already identified one way in which our teams differ. Uh, Liam Shields has not made my lineup, which I suspect that some supporters would feel that's very harsh. But I couldn't squeeze him in. He's in the emergencies, to be fair. But I'll run through my my lineup, my twenty-two. Well, I think you've you've got Newcomb for Shields, haven't you? Yes, that's correct. Yep. So from the back line, I've got Hardwick. Uh, Hardigan steps back into the side. He missed against Richmond, of course, which I think, you know, I, I, I think we still lose the game, but I think that makes a hell of a difference that he's back. Uh, Sam Frost in the back pocket there. From the half back, I back GF to, um, to get up. Sicily and Scrimshaw to round out the half back line. In the center line, we've got Howe, O'Meara, and Tom Phillips. So I still don't really rate Tom Phillips. I might have had Harry Morrison in there. I don't know, I just... Eh. That spot is begging to be pinched. I don't know, we'll see. Uh, Half-forward line, Wingard, Lewis and Moore. The idea for there being uh, Wingard and Moore could maybe push up onto a wing and deliver inside 50. Uh, forward line, Gunston, Cozzy and Bruce. And the followers, McAvoy, Mitchell and Warple. So we move to the interchange. John Newcomb, Josh Ward, Ned Reeves and Connor Nash. You happy with Nash featuring? Yeah, I was, I was wondering if he's going to get in, but he's in the exact same position I have him. <laughs> now, I do think you're right, mentioning Morrison. I don't think they put the ball through Morrison so much in the preseason for him not to play round one, so I believe he will play, and uh, probably on the wing for the expense of Howe, who we've got in the side. Well, Howe, he didn't play that second game. He didn't play against Richmond. Um, he was one of the guys that I believe came on and led the charge to get back into the game against Collingwood. I think that's right, if memory serves. But uh, yeah, then he missed with that concussion due to the concussion protocol. So maybe maybe they give him a miss. He is an asset, though. Uh, I could see him being in the side. Who knows? Uh, my emergencies were Connor McDonald. I thought he at least earned that. Uh, Brockman, because I think small forwards we still need. Uh, I wouldn't mind bringing him in. Uh, Liam Shields and Emerson Jacker. And are you protecting DGB from the obvious gargantuan forward line that North has? <laughs> he's a he's a notable omission here. What's? <laughs> it's the fact that I wasn't seriously wowed with anything that he did in the preseason. And you know, if who do I take out of my back line? Does Hardigan leave? Maybe. Uh, maybe it would be suitable for Hardigan to miss this particular game because it is North. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't, I'm not convinced by DGB. No, I think Hardigan has a matchup. Uh, it's more Frost than, than Hardigan. Um, just in terms of injuries, we have to find... Well, you'd expect that these blokes would make it back into the 22. Impey, who, you know, is recovering from injury but was playing terrifically well before he went down. Will Day, incredible talent. And Bramble, they all have to come back into our lineups. And then Connor Downey is unfortunately injured and is going to be five weeks away from seeing any footy. So that's tremendously frustrating because he was one that they penciled in for the wing or at least giving him some time to see how he looked at AFL level. Yeah, not ideal for Connor Downey at all. Uh, the latest injury update suggests he's three to four away with a hamstring complaint. Uh, MP two weeks away, Will Day just the one to two away, which I know many Hawthorne supporters look at that and they cock their eyebrow like, really Hawthorne? Do you reckon? 
Do you reckon he's one or two, or do you reckon he's maybe five or six? Who sponsors the one to two weeks away from playing report now? Who's, who's, who's that? <laughs> do you reckon Boopers moved on from it? <laughs> they say, hey, don't attach us to this. <laughs> uh, and Bramble, how long's he gone? Well, Bramble's moved to a, a TBC, which is a bit worrying. He was uh, six to seven away. His stress fracture in his foot... And that's about the standard timeline for that sort of injury. But he's been moved to a TBC, so I don't know. So is that an incidental injury or is that over overwork? Not actually sure how Bramble sustained that one. Uh, definitely deflating news, though. Like you, I was very much looking forward to him playing, seeing him in action. Um, and he's definitely an asset to this team. He's best 22. Now, we've got to start as we want to go on, Nick, because this is... How you approach north is what leads you into next week. A win early could really change how we feel about this whole season. Yeah, absolutely. And this is the prime opportunity. Like, you won't get a better one than this, or at least not for a while, because we're coming against a side that are the wooden spooners. Uh, It's a test, certainly. We're not that crash hot either. We're down the bottom end of the ladder. But as a first test, this means a lot, and we should be able to get this done. You would hope. You would hope that at least it's a fight. I don't want any of this stuff that happened with Collingwood and Richmond happening to us against North. I think we're in with a very good chance going into the last quarter. Surely we're in touch. Um, unless the coaching hasn't has been found out, I think we've definitely got the personnel to match North. That's, that's what I'm looking at as well. I believe that. Um, I'm certainly looking for a better start than we've had. Another botched start and our, our heads might drop. I don't know. It's just so hard. You know, if you let North go into defensive mode, it can really make it a lot more difficult. They can play rebound footy. But the women's side in the VFL is absolutely cruising. What's going on, Nick? Can we just emulate that? Just come out and do what they did? Yeah, have a look at what the Hawthorne VFLW side are doing because they're the ones being stingy right now. They're not letting anything through. You put it inside forward 50, and if you don't score, just build a wall. Opposition teams have absolutely struggled with that. They cannot find a way through. Uh, It was their biggest victory yet on the weekend. Hawthorne crushing the bottom-placed Western Bulldogs by 101 points. I was watching the stream of it, mate. I was like, come on, crack the ton. Come on, let's go. And they certainly did. Uh, Tamara Luke, the captain, notching up the century. And yeah, we went on to win by 101 points. So that's three wins in a row for the Hawthorne VFLW side. Now, it's important, these wins, and seeing some of these players play really well, because this will make up the contingent to build our AFLW side, which is supposed to, apparently, start in August now. They've brought it forward. <laughs> Yeah, that's right. Make up our AFLW side sooner rather than later, Tiz. So, am I right in thinking that the AFLW are awarding a cup in 2022 and then in 2022 again? Is that is that how that's going to work now? Because they're not going to play from August through to the 2023, are they? I wouldn't have thought so. I actually didn't consider this. You might be onto something there. So, Swampy, we better contact him and see whether... You know, there's been an AFL Cup awarded twice in the same year. <laughs> Sir Swamp can help us out with that one. Uh, look, at, as it stands, um, you have to feel pretty excited for our for our inaugural AFLW side. If we're going to pinch a lot of talent from the VFLW squad, I mean, they're flying at the moment and just a few names to spring to mind. I've really liked our uh, first AFLW signing, Bridget Deed. 
Uh, it's been wonderful to watch wearing the number 25. We've got uh, Zagetti, Williams, Stratton. Stratton kicked four. Four straight. Led our tackles as well with six. I thought she played a brilliant game on the weekend. Dom Carboni kicked uh, three goals, three with 22 touches, if you don't mind, and three votes for the weekend for me. Went to our captain, Tamara Luke, 24 touches, 17 hitouts, kicked one goal, one, and as I say, brought up the ton for the Hawks. Uh, she's great to watch as well, and Mieta Kendall is one of my favourites too. So a very, very entertaining VFLW side at the moment that's sitting nicely in third place, I believe. We were fourth before. We've very much entrenched ourselves in finals calculation heading into, well, I believe it's round six coming up. And with a cracking percentage, so... Top of the league. Top of the league. That uh, that crushing 101-point win served us very well indeed. And uh, look, it's a little annoying that the AFLW season has brought forward uh, that significantly to August. I don't feel like we've been given a fair go there because you look at teams like... Gold Coast Suns and Richmond, their AFLW teams, they got a license in like 2017 and they entered the comp in 2020. So their preparation compared to ours is light years ahead. I mean, we're really on the back foot. As excited as I am, you know, that things are brought forward. Um, I wish we were we were afforded the same considerations to build our to build our team. So they've got the buy this week. Uh, the VFLW, uh, and then it's our first home game the following weekend, round six. So uh, that'll be good to go to out at Box Hill. Right, now will that coincide with, I don't know if you have the details in front of you, but is that going to coincide with uh, our Box Hill hit out, Box Hill Hawks? I think the Box Hill Hawks begin on the 27th. And come to think of it, they might be playing Collingwood at Holden Centre, so maybe it won't be the same fixture. Okay, so you go to the Hawthorne page and you ask for the VFL fixture and it goes out of bounds. So <laughs> that's oh, mate, the amount of times we've encountered that in the off-season. Like, if they're thinking about, you know, if you're going to be like, you know, everyone be nice to the umpires, don't use them for the 404s. Now, um, <laughs> round one. <laughs> Collingwood versus Box Hill, March 27th. 12 o'clock at the Holden Centre. How's the memory? I mean, it's shot in many and varied ways otherwise, but <laughs> I remembered the first game of the season for Box Hill. It's something to be happy with. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, unfortunately, that's not a doubleheader, but uh, look, we're playing Port Adelaide in Port Adelaide that weekend, aren't we? And look, the way things are going, they've been streaming the VFLW games. You can stream them from the AFL website. Um, that's going to be a, a whole season thing. I would hope that we get some sort of Box Hill coverage. In fact, I think that Box Hill game is on TV. I seem to recall that Channel 7 will be broadcasting that. Well, probably with Brownie. I think so, with Campbell Brown. It was down at the club this weekend and slotted one with about 20 guys in the protected area all cheering him on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, you know, everything's going swimmingly at Hawthorne. It's uh, nothing to worry about going into the season. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the teams look good. It's uh, that's enough said, Nick. <laughs> Desperate to push forward and move on from this news item that we do have to get to, because it could be one that's brewing behind the scenes for a while yet. I hope not. But according to SEN, outgoing Hawthorne president Jeff Kennett is attempting to block Andy Gower's friend of the show, Andy Gower's mind you, tis from taking charge of the nominations group searching for his replacement. In a move that threatens to reignite the Hawks' boardroom battle on the eve of the season, Kennett used a recent board meeting to push for Vice President and ally Peter Nankerville to instead assume the role. Now, what are your immediate thoughts on this, Tiz? Uh, well, if you're going to make a deal with Jeff, 
Get it signed. <laughs> oh, come on. I, I think I said something at the time that it was, you know, it was sort of leaning on his on his virtues. Look, <laughs> who knows what's really going on? Sen don't seem to have many nice words to say about Hawthorne at the moment. And look, just increase the board if you want Peter Nankerville on it, and have Andy Gowers there. You know, it's not a big deal, is it? Well, that presupposes Tiz that it's really about putting your guy on the board and not about, say, ego or power, uh, which is me being most unkind to Jeff Kennett, but I'm in a, I'm in a position to be unkind to him. Uh, I've, I've heard that, you know, everything I just reported then from SEN before, that is, in fact, accurate. That's what's happening. He can only blame himself, Jeff. He's had plenty of time to let someone else assume the role and he could have anointed them and had any kind of, um, you know, uh, festival of handing over the laurels, whatever he wanted to do. Uh, if that gets taken out of his hands in this in this way, if he'd made those commitments, um, he should honour them. Uh, the worst thing that can happen is he can sort of break down the trust of, of him and the other board members and, and really bring the club against itself. So he's got he's to be... He can't be that stupid, is my point. And he should uh, look beyond... You know, whoever's next to the uh, to the health and happiness of the football club over the next decade. Well, Tim Shearer was quoted as saying late last year that he would hate to see Kennett not afforded the uh, the privilege to go out with some dignity. There's still time. I think Kennett's the only one in his way on that one. The report continues. Kennett critics argue the long-term president has broken a key peace deal struck as part of his exit plan. It'd been argued that Gowers. Uh, would abandon his run for a seat back on the board if he was if he was made independent chair of the nominations committee. But Kennett's bold move to have him overlooked threatens to cause fresh turmoil less than a month before the start of a new AFL season. So, of course, this report is a little bit old now, but I hope that it's been put to bed. I don't want this brewing behind the scenes, mate. I want our I want there to be clear air for this season. It's not even it's just a nominations committee. Like, how powerful is that anyway? Well, they determine the next president. That's how powerful they are. Do they? Because I'm pretty sure you can nominate anyone to the board. It doesn't have to go through the nominations committee. We heard from views from the nosebleeds at Hawk Talk Pod on Kennett. How is trying to stop certain people being president showing good governance, a thing that he always calls for? Well, he has an opinion. Obviously, he doesn't like who he expects will be nominated. You would think it would be Ian Silk. Yeah, you probably would. <laughs> In which case, the writing's been on the wall for a while. Oh boy, it is a tangled web indeed. And I don't love it. I don't love this behind-the-scenes stuff. But, you know, hopefully it just doesn't interfere with our on-field results, whatever they may be. Oh, look, they've got to make sure that Sammy has clear air. I think they have. I, I know that Ian Silk and, and Jeff are right behind Sam, so it should be fine for him. But it's just a bit of theatre, isn't it? Well, I hope it's only theatre. I don't want it to be more substantial than that. I get the feeling with Jeff that it's much more than theatre, but that, again, is me being a harsh critic. Might have to go along one night and bang their heads together, tell them to sort it out, Nick. What do you reckon? I wouldn't want to come up against Jeff's massive head. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Got the biggest head going down there. We need to get some miscellaneous listener questions. This first one... This uh, is the last thing I want to be talking about. Off-field, before the season began. We're moving on, we're moving on. Scamasaurus asks a question here. Uh, what are your pre-season votes, 3, 2 and 1, and who are you bullish about... And who are you not bullish about coming into this year? Ooh, who? Well, I think we've already answered the first part. Who we're bullish about? That'd be Newcomb and Scrimmer and, and Nash and and definitely Ward. Um, but 
who am I not bullish about? Well, I think I'm getting starting to be concerned about Will Day uh, and his recovery. And uh, oh, look, I'd really like to see the best of Impey. Uh, again, not sure that can happen. And uh, my other concern is the, is the ruck. Um, if McAvoy goes down, how do we look there? And, um, you know, we haven't put Morrison in our predicted 22, but he's probably screaming out for a spot. If he can't make the lineup, then I'm not really sure we're that good. He's just being overlooked. Yeah, but that's the trouble for me, is I'm not sure we're that good that we can't fit him in. Um, but, you know, he's... He's got time to prove himself. It's a very critical year for Morrison. Um, I'm not as bullish anymore about Finn McGuinness. Uh, I certainly was for a time. I bought I bought into the hype, but I just don't know. From what I've seen in the preseason, I just don't get it yet. If anyone would like to challenge me on that and, and argue their case for him, uh, at Hawk Talk Pod, feel free. I, I'd love to hear from you. But I don't get him just yet. The other guy who we haven't seen anything of in the in the preseason is uh josh morris uh i just don't know i don't know if he's got too much mileage left at hawthorne and i hope to be proven wrong uh i look forward to seeing where he's used at box hill whether he fits back to that defensive role that he was tried in because he did some good work there uh we know he can play up forward for box hill he you know he's kicked bags of four five six when he's been there uh it's whether he gets an opportunity at senior level, how that comes about, and this is the critical part, whether he makes the most of it. It just hasn't come together for him just yet. What about Wingard? You worried about Wingard? Because that was pretty unimpressive. No, I'm not worried about Wingard. No, not at all. Not with the back end of his season last year. That was uh, some of his best work for Hawthorne, and I have faith that he'll recreate it. So Tim asks, hypothetically speaking, of course, what are your thoughts if we look like finishing bottom three? Do we perhaps let? Oh, I hadn't read ahead. Do we perhaps let Sicily walk in free agency and potentially get another top five pick as compo, or do we do everything in our power to ink him to a new deal? B. <laughs> I love the hypothetical here from Tim. Thinking outside the box, love the conversation, but uh, B for a range of reasons. I'm in agreement with you there, Tiz. Um, one of the reasons being that I would not trust compensation for the life of me there is no way i'd be putting faith in that that is secret herbs and spices stuff we've heard it said millions of times before we don't know how it works it's not an exact science and you could bet your bottom dollar that hawthorne would be screwed (laughs) we would be screwed over by it and i don't want to lose sicily like that um and also bottom line he's too bloody good he's too bloody good and we haven't even seen him back for a proper senior game yet. Name two other players with the mongrel in him that Sisley has. Yeah. You know, so, uh, and that to me, that to me doesn't usually come with a top five pick anyway. I've never really associated top five picks with mongrels, more sort of Lamborghini football <laughs> players. So, exactly right. It's it's that attitude that's very hard to find in in. In footy these days, and even that personality, I think the power of Max Gorn's personality is what's led us to this horrendous situation. <laughs> the nightmare era, it is. But you need that kind of, you need that kind of character in a club. And um, I see Sicily as a future leader, and certainly is he is a leader of that backline. Get to about round two or three, and anyone that's leading towards A, the first option here, 
uh, about getting compo, uh, that'll be out the window. You'll see Sicily's merits very, very soon. You won't even be thinking about losing him. You'll want him to sign immediately. Uh, next question. This one from Mark at Hawk Talk Pod. What do you want our new pregame fire-up song to be? Port Adelaide have ruined an NXS classic for us. Would be nice to do something similar for our own club and call the song ours. But don't say horses. I wasn't going to, Mark. <laughs> not a fan myself. Uh, also, any comments on our previous pregame tunes? Joker and the Thief by Wolfmother did the job, but the last one was horrible. And I believe the last one, Tiz, was um, Fly Away by Lenny Kravitz. Was it? What about Glitter and Gold? That wasn't as bad as it first appeared to be. I got into that after a while. Yeah, now Glitter and Gold was okay, but it's it's had a bit of a Matrix trilogy trajectory. It's just gone steadily worse from strong <laughs> beginnings so look i don't know um yeah you can't go back to joker and the thief i'm pretty sure other teams have adopted it anyway i don't have a i don't have a go-to here do we have to go for stuff that's sort of out of copyright now and no i don't think so i think it's wide open I, I, the ones that come to mind for me are warrior by scandal i would think that's pretty good but nothing's going to stop us now by starship Heavy themes around building something, you know, about triumph and winning. I quite like that. I'd love to. That would get me pumped. What was that? Warrior by Scandal. I'll just write that down so I can listen to that later. Add that to the gym playlist. Uh, Playing with the boys. It's more a volleyball anthem than football. We couldn't come out to an Elton John classic or something. Benny and the Jets, I think. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, That's a great question, Mark. Now, my my money's on uh, Nothing's Gonna Stop Us Now by Starship. Well, I'll see how that works for me when I, you know, if, if it brings on a second wind. While I'm in the gym, and if it does, I'll, I'll I'll be all for it. Well, I'm telling you right now, you can expect a key change. <laughs> so there's your second wind. <laughs> we had this question from Was at Hook Talk Pod. If name redacted had have kicked that goal versus the Cats back in 2016, would we have won another flag? And who would be 2022 coach and captain in the alternative reality? Ooh, who would be? Well, what would? Would Clarko still be there if he'd won four in a row and achieved it all? And Clarko would be there, but I have no idea who captain who would captain the club. Or would Clarko be like, oh, well, you know what, four in a row. I'm not sure I can better this. Um, oh, he just rides off into the sunset. Yeah. Now, what I reckon happens is in that instance, um, there's a succession plan developed. If this if this ends in Buckley as oh. coach of Hawthorne, <laughs> you're in trouble. Not at all. Not at all. Look, uh, I'm of the opinion that. We wouldn't have made it four in a row. Um, if Smith kicks that, it's just a it's a it's a repeat of the pattern that we'd seen for most of that year, where we were just clinging on to grim death and getting very very lucky when it mattered most. We scraped past teams by three points, I think, on about four or five occasions that season. So, I, I just think luck would have run out for us at some point. <sighs> It would have run out for us in round one, 2017. We would have won by three points in that grand final when Buddy missed. Oh, hello. <laughs> no, who knows? Who knows? But it does seem like Sammy always wanted to coach Hawthorne and it felt like Clarko wanted him to. So I feel, although he may be here a little bit earlier than it perhaps was intended, this was always... Well, it had a bit of inevitability about it, didn't it? Yeah. In terms of the personnel, I think we were going to end up here one way or another. Uh, prefer that it didn't play out how, the, how it did. But uh, look, what can you do? We move on. Uh, this question from Numo89 
at Hook Talk Pod. What are your thoughts on our COVID top-up players? Uh, well, I would have thought that we'd heard about them by now, but I think we're relying on the journalists of the uh, of the footy world to dig them out. It's very mum. You don't hear much about the top-up players for the bottom five. It's, <laughs> yeah, it's a bit it's funny strange. <laughs> Look, by the time this comes out, uh, news of that might might have been released. Uh, you know, we'll we'll cover it when it comes out uh, on our social media platforms. But uh, second part of numerous question uh, in regards to our forward line: Can we play Big Boy Lewis and Cozzy all together? I think we're both in agreement that yes, you can. It's how you use them. Uh, thought Cozzy straightened us up against Richmond and led to the ball, which we greatly lacked before then. That's true. He did provide something a little different for our forward line in that second half, which is good to see. He also provided space behind him, which is fantastic. That's what you need to do as a as a as a big forward, big boy Lewis and Cozzy. They've got to learn that only two of them can be in any one spot at the one time. Uh, they've got to have separation, and uh, you know it can definitely work. I mean, that could terrorise a couple of shorter backlines in the league. That's right. Use the space. Use all the space that's afforded to you at the, at the G. Uh, that's all I want to say on Sunday as far as the forward line's concerned. Obviously, goals as well. Be nice rather than behinds. Get those kicking boots on, guys. Uh, Adam, with the final question here for the episode, what are your realistic thoughts on how we'll measure up during the season and what's your ladder prediction? Now, I don't know about you, Tiz, but um, I'm not really swaying from what I predicted. Um, I don't think we go anywhere above, say, 12th. Uh, and look, preseason might have dented my confidence a little bit, but all all the while, I just don't know how much to take out of that. So I'm sticking to my guns, and I'm saying, yeah, no higher than twelfth. Yeah, I'm sort of, after that preseason couple of hitouts. I'm not expecting to play finals, but I think we could probably reach as high as tenth. Um, but you know, everything has to go right to get there, and. There's a middle patch of the fixture, which is dreadfully difficult for Hawthorne, especially um, with a young coach trying to communicate what he needs out on the field um, during the game. Um, and uh, if there's any sort of mix-up with McAvoy, that really throws a whole lot of things out. Um, you'd have to play Reeves and Lynch. And then you've got worries about who you, who you can actually have forward and can you um, can you really do that? You know they're not really that uh, that dependable as McAvoy has been. We've been very lucky there. So um, look, oh, I think next year we're probably getting a bottom six fixture. That seems to be right, and probably you know top five, top four pick. Um, but I, I do agree with Tim. If if you know it doesn't necessarily have to be Sicily, but if there's someone we could potentially let go of. Um, at the end of next year and not necessarily get compo because that probably wouldn't work but work another two or another one pick in the top 25 that would be great for what we're building here now is the time to do it uh broad thoughts on the season i wouldn't expect that we have a great deal of consistency and as you alluded to at the uh, towards the top of the show tears i think you expect us to fall away in the second half of the season um that's only natural for a developing list, I would say. Yeah, as opposed to last year. It, it's a new season, Nick. This is enough. We don't know what can happen. That's the beauty of it. Hawthorne could be fabulous. Sam Mitchell might stun the league with attacking style of footy that um, the admin have been looking for for about 15 years. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that, that's 
what exactly what they want to see. They want to see goals. They want to see more goals. They want to see, you know, Buddy's going to reach a thousand this year. We thought that would have happened a few years ago, to be quite honest, on the trajectory he was on. So the scoring is a problem. The watchability has definitely been a problem. And, and obviously having no crowds has been a problem. So I'd love Sammy to change how footy looks. I really would. And I think McRae wants to change how footy looks as well. Well, all of the comms surrounding Sammy seems to be endeavour to change our game style and make us a very watchable team. So, look, if that's his stated goal, uh, I'm all I'm here for it. I want to see that. Uh, I guess the upside too, as far as Hawthorne's preseason goes, is <laughs> I didn't I didn't identify much strategy in, integrated into our games. Uh, now people could draw that up as a negative, but uh, I don't think we need to be too disheartened. Is what I is what I'd say. I think we've we've kept something in reserve here. Yeah, there was a lot of uh, run and gun, and you know there didn't seem to be a lot of intellect behind the approach to the match. Especially as they were under pressure to to keep in the match after quarter time on both occasions. So But like I said, anything can happen. Enjoy Sunday, no matter what happens, because we're back at the G and we can go to the footy again, we can go with our mates and we can talk to people and we can heckle <laughs> and not the umpire. But we can you know, we can really get involved and, and enjoy ourselves and, and have that release that so many of us haven't enjoyed for, for ages and I'm excited for tomorrow night even. And uh, there's uh, Doherty coming and playing for Carlton on Thursday night, which is just a terrific story. And yeah, it's great to have footy back and if we get some good weather on Sunday it'll be good. Also we'll be there, um with the season guide from, uh, from was it midday or earlier? Yeah, midday, yeah, 12 to about quarter to one. Um, look, we'll upload all the details on our socials, so Instagram, Twitter and Facebook, which we'll plug in just a moment. But, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll point out where we're going to be with copies, uh, hard copies of our season guide, um, which we've slaved over. It's Labour of love. Yeah, labour of love, absolutely. I've enjoyed it. I, I enjoy doing this stuff. And, uh, yeah, it's really great that we've got it out there and I think people will love it. And it's great to meet them too. Last year we even – it was just between lockdowns and we met a few people and we had a good laugh and and it was uh, nice and relaxing to and also put some faces to some names. It was excellent too. Yeah, absolutely. For anyone who's not up with what we're talking about, yeah, we put out a 2022 season guide. It's available now. You can see us plug it all over our, our socials and stuff. Think of it like it's an AFL record, but basically all Hawthorne-focused. It's a really fun, good read. And, you know, if, if you're like us and you really want to sink your teeth into the season ahead, you really have missed your footy and you can't wait to cheer on the boys, this is the perfect companion. And you're wondering about who's that bloke on the list and, and where is he at in his football, that kind of stuff. Um, so it's also available in e-book or electronic editions if you're, if you're not able to get to the game. And it's on eBay if you want it posted. So it's, it's, uh, it's all good. Now, I noticed we got a review on the Apple Podcasts which is very nice to see. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, this one from Mama Beck, who awarded us five stars. The right kind of biased. Thanks, Nick and Tiz. Great content that keeps me happily informed of all things Hawthorne. I love my team, but don't keep up to date with all the comings and goings of every aspect. This podcast lets me know what I need to know that isn't necessarily in, a in standard AFL headlines with enough humour to keep me engaged. 
might need a name change to the Nash Talk podcast soon. And she gave me a clip behind <laughs> the ear hole as she went past. <laughs> Could have gone Lewis, went with Nash. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Mama Beck's a Nick fan, I think. Team Nick, is it? <laughs> <laughs> Look, if you enjoy what we do, uh, why not hop onto Apple Podcasts, rate our show, or leave a review as Mama Beck has done. Sensational review, Mama Beck. Thank you so much. This is the kind of thing that really helps other Hawthorne fans find our show. And look, it's honestly a delight whenever we stumble upon these kind words. And people have been so supportive. So if you want to do that, please, we encourage it. You can find us on Twitter as well, at HawkTalkPod. We're now well on our way to 3,300 followers. You can jump on board there. We'd love to have you part of the conversation. And don't forget to join our Facebook family too, facebook.com slash HawkTalkPod. And find us on Instagram. And as always, Tiz, this is the big one. This is the kind of thing that made the season guide possible. The support of our proud, passionate, and paid-up Patreon subscribers, who uh, they all contribute in very real terms, it must be said, to making our podcast everything it is. Your support means the world to us, so thank you for subscribing and allowing us to do what we love doing. Uh, If you're not on board yet, uh, feel free to check it out. You can sign up at any tier you like. There's some sweet bonus content on offer too. If you do sign up uh, for the bonus content, that includes the guide, So there you go. That's some good incentive right there. You get a digital copy of the guide. Uh, Look, if you like what we do and you're interested in supporting the show, we want to have you on board. Head to patreon.com slash hawktalkpod for details. So I've got about three social engagements lined up before uh, the footy. You know, uh, coffee with a mate, breakfast with a mate, more coffee with a mate. I'm going to be caffeinated. Might be a couple of caramello koalas in me by the time... One o'clock rolls round. Gee, I hope Hawthorne plays with about as much pep as you have by the time you get to the ground. Well, I tell you what, if they don't, I'll let them know about it. Uh, that, that's for sure. <laughs> that's right. You've saved up several months' worth of yelling at the footy. <laughs> Not just them. Uh, North will know as well. Um, yeah. No, it'll, it'll be absolutely wonderful to be back and uh, really, really looking forward to it. What have you got planned for the day? Well, I can tell you right now, before we even get to Sunday... I'm heading off to the season opener. I couldn't hold back. What, are you going tomorrow night? Yeah, I'm going tomorrow night. I'm going Melbourne Bulldogs. Packed MCG. Uh, I just, I can't wait. I hope it's a good contest. I don't want it to be Melbourne absolutely annihilating them, as funny as that would be, to see the uh, the scars on show for the Bulldogs. Um, no, I want it to be a cracking contest, and I can't wait to be back at the G in that atmosphere. I'm craving it, and uh, look, obviously the main event is our game on Sunday, but, oh boy... Footy, it's going to be good to be back in amongst it. Mate, is there something going on there? What is this? This Is there a particular player? I smell a rat. All right, I missed Tim O'Brien. <laughs> <laughs> I hope you get another badge. I really do. Oh, boy. I've, I've held on to it. I've held on to it. Which is something that Timmy could never do in his career. Oh, anyway, that's the Hawk Talk podcast. Let it go. <laughs> and that was the worst advice he received. Oh, no. <laughs> I don't have another one to make it a trifecta, mate. I'm sorry. I've let you down. I've let the listeners down. I can't go in on Tim O'Brien again. Not after eight years. Okay, oh, there it is. There it is. No. It can't be about Timmy. This is about the future. That's right. It's a brand new era. I can't wait to be there. Uh, And I'll see you there, mate. We'll be outside the MCG selling our guides. We want to meet some listeners. We want to embrace the new era of the Hawthorne Football Club. And it's great being back doing this podcast. And, of course, we'll be back next week to recap all the action from round one. We'll catch you then. We are a happy team at Hawthorne. And we can't wait.